All right, Into the Triangle Podcast, episode 44, presented by Couch Guy Sports. Check out everything, couchguysports.com, blogs, podcasts, you know it by now. Twitch channel, YouTube channel, we have it all. I think we're going to hit like 50,000 views this month on the website, so shout out to us. We're doing something right. Alan Nahigian, Zach Jesiero. Zach, what's up, bud? How you doing, Al? I'm good. Red Sox are playing well, and we're going to get into all that. Mm. No Jared tonight. It's it's sad that we haven't had the whole crew together in like a yeah, month. It's but been a while. It has been, but you know what? Life gets in the way. Jared has surgeries. I go on vacations. You have graduations. So we're we're doing big things just outside of our lives too. But it's me. It's Zach. We're going to have some fun. We're going to uh, kind of go over everything that's gone on since the last time we talked. Red Sox played the Mets two-game series. They swept. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Lost the first game to the Rangers in which Martin Perez pitched well. And we got a bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about, but – Let's start with the Mets series, Zach, because this was a series that the Red Sox only scored three runs and they won both games. Yeah. Gotta love that. So Red Sox took on the Mets. I think it was a Tuesday and Wednesday two-game series. I'm pretty sure it was. Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Cause yeah, because they had the day off on Monday and then they played Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. So Tuesday night they played. Garrett Richards took the hill, and we were like, okay, you know, it, hopefully you, you can score enough runs. Yeah. He gave up a first inning home run, and I'm like, here we go again. He's going to stink. It's going to be awful. Red Sox end up winning the game 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the next day, you have Nick Pavetta going against Jacob DeGrom, which keep in mind, Jacob DeGrom? Pretty, he's pretty good. Just a little bit. Pretty good. And by a little bit, I mean, like, uh, probably best pitcher in the league. Yeah, probably the best pitcher in the world. Yeah, I'd say that's a fair assessment. Shout out to our Couch Guy Sports writer, Pete Chatterton, too, for being a Mets fan. And I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm happy that the Red Sox won. What am I talking about? But Red Sox in the second inning, Xander Bogarts hits a double. Rafael Devers moves him over to third. Christian Vasquez doubles to right center to knock in the run. And that's all the Red Sox needed. All I need. I couldn't believe it. And the funny thing about that game, Zach, is after the Red Sox went down, I think they went down one, two, three. Nick Pavetta had control issues to start the game, walked the first two hitters, but then gets Pete Alonzo strikeout, forces double play. It's like, okay, well, this is going to be a rocky game, but we'll see what happens. And then they just come out and flat out take a two-game series by scoring three runs. That doesn't happen very often. In one a one game. against the best pitcher in the world, too, by the way. Just one Yes. Run. Yeah, and I think that was like the second earned run he's given up all year or something like that. So, well, again, great series. Zach, I just want to kind of get your thoughts overall on the Met series. Throwing any tidbits you like that I haven't yet. Floor's yours. First of all, shout out to Nick Pavetta for having the longest at-bag in Jacob DeGrom as a pitcher. I think it was the, as a player this year, it was like a 10-pitch at-bat or whatever. And we all know how good DeGrom is. He does not usually go that long. He, you, he's usually out, or he usually strikes you out or whatever by the sixth pitch. So, Pavetta, good job, buddy. You hung in there against the best pitcher. So, there you go. Um, Woo! Yeah. I started off with Garrett Richards. He, I know I gave him some crap on Twitter earlier last week after that Toronto series, but he did play really well in that first game. He, he hung in there after that first run homer. But after that, he was awesome. Um, and as I feel like we got to talk about more about more about that the ground game because let's face it, every single time 
every time you beat the best pitcher in baseball or whatever, it's a pretty good accomplishment. Um, I told my mom, like, as we were watching the game, like, okay, DeGrom's going to start going on his tear, and we better hope that we don't give up any more runs because if we do, then we're screwed. Um, and what do you know? After I say that, he just mows down every single one of us in the Red Sox lineup. But yeah, I give them credit. They still hung on. They, it's funny because we all hear about the ground not getting run support, which is sadly true now. I feel like now that we win it's the first hand, but they, the Mets have a good lineup too. That's the thing. They have a really solid. You, you think the Mets have a good lineup? Not like playoff good, but they're, uh, they're pretty average. I would say. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. They have some good names in there. They have some names like Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. That's that's totally fair. I think the thing is, though, they strike out so much. The yeah. Mets as a team. That's why when you first said it, I kind of looked at you like, "Are you yeah. sure you're mentioning the right team here?" Yeah. Like, I know we, I know we, we slandered the Yankees here, but like the Mets, we got to be fair with. That's you know, and, and the Mets, it's like. They are a team that they they went out and made moves. They got Marcus Stroman to be the number two behind DeGrom while Syndergaard's still out and everything else. They go out and get Frankie Lindor, like, and he's had a rough start to the season. This is a Mets team that should be much better, I think, than they are right now. Yeah, definitely. But on paper, they on paper they look like a good team, but yes. we're them on the field. Yes, that I that I agree with you on, Zach. Yeah. So, but we're not a Mets podcast. We're a Red no. Sox podcast. The Red Sox took two straight. They go to Texas. Martin Perez pitched fine. He gave up like two. It ended up being two runs in five and two thirds innings. Red Sox lose four to one. The bats were silent. Nothing you can do. It's just one of those nights. But one thing I want to talk about, Zach, is the bottom part of the Red Sox lineup and two guys in particular, Bobby Dalbeck and Franchi Cordero. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to play a little game. Okay. Just agree or disagree. And it's going to be just first instinct. And then I'll give you a few seconds to think of the reason why. Okay. So they're both struggling in their own right. Bobby Dahlbeck's not hitting well. Francis Cordero not hitting very well at all either. We'd get the averages up, but let's face it. We're a podcast that never has stats ready on hand and we don't have a producer to do it, but it's okay. We're just going to go with it. So true or false. Bobby Dahlbeck looks like he is about to turn a corner hitting wise. You know what? As much as I want to say false, I might say true because he, he's still like grounding out and striking out, whatever. But he's getting contact on the ball, and I think he homer against the Mets too, wasn't it? His first homer of the season. Was yeah, yeah, and and at one point he was like nine for ten with a triple, a double, and a home run thrown in there too. So he's been and he's been yeah. the the outs he's been making. He's been making loud outs. He's squaring the ball yeah. up. Some of those outs are going just right to people. Yeah, like I will say, it's half of its. Un, like unlucky, but he does have like those times where like you're like wh- I feel like his like slider down low is like his weakness because I mean let's face it it's a tough pitch to look at if you're a batter I mean the ground threw it so many times in that game but I know we're just skipping but I'm just saying like the slider was just like it's an it's, impossible hit it, I but, know it, especially DeGrom, like the ground slider oh my goodness that thing is disgustingly filthy yeah. Francis just made a good cast, by the way, to end the inning. We're doing a little multitasking here. Okay, so so going back to the show here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he is making good contact. Bobby is 
Um, I just think, like I said, I just feel like some of it's unlucky, but he's definitely starting to turn. I wouldn't say a major corner, but a little bit to maybe get his confidence going again. Okay. So I think we're both in agreement that Dahlbeck's heading in the right direction. Yeah. True, true or false? We should be worried about Franchi Cordero in the sense of the big picture. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on there. Um, I, I would say true, and here's the one stat that I would say to anybody asking why I would think that. In 47 at-bats this year, coming into the Rangers game, so we're recording on Friday, April 30th. Red Sox are playing the Rangers right now. They're up 6-1, to one, going into the top of the fourth inning. So hopefully by the time this airs, the Red Sox will have won that game. And he just made but a good Franchi- and have the three outs, so it's kind of funny how we're talking about Franchi right now. I know. Franchi, 47 at-bats. 25 strikeouts. So basically, Franchi Cordero, I don't know about you, Zach, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of worried about this guy because I know a lot of people, including us, we talked about when Andrew Benintendi was traded, you know, there wasn't much value that was leaving. So we were like, okay, we can deal with this. And when we saw Franchi, like he was hitting moonshots in spring training. We're like, okay, this guy could be like, you know, a little something, something for us. Yeah. But he – and I mean, Alex Corey came out and said it. Like, he literally today in his press conference was like, let's be honest, he's going bad right now. Yeah. And it's the it's the lack of con- contact for me. When you're striking out more than half the time, Zach, that's not a good sign no matter what level of baseball you play at. No. And he just grounded out too, by the way, is what we say that. So, I mean, at least he's putting the ball in play now. But even so, it's just like – Yeah golly man like it's just crazy to me to think that this this guy who people are so excited about is showing exactly what he is an all or nothing hitter more strikeouts which the 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 game the game within itself the mlb it's a strikeout game now hitters care more about driving the ball extra base hits not caring much about the strikeout numbers which it is what it is but Mm. like Franchi, he's just, he's a guy that I really, really need to start stepping up because if you're going to give guys like Kike Hernandez and Alex Verdugo, and I'm trying to think who's the, uh, not JD Martinez, who's the third outfit? Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Like those are guys that you really, really need to step up. Marlon Mm -hmm. Gonzalez, if he ever plays out, like that's a guy that you need to step up for because those guys, maybe with the exception of Gonzalez, because he hasn't really been that great this yeah. year. And Renfro, not really great. But Hernandez and Verdugo, if you're going to replace one of those two guys, you need to be able to come in and do your job and get up there and actually put the ball in play and make good things happen. So, Let me ask you this, because I know Chavis played outfield last year too for a little while. What do you think about bringing him up and having Cordero like go to AAA for a little bit and have Chavis play in the outfield? I'm okay with that. I just don't know if there's anything in Franchi's contract that could prevent him from going down. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think there is like I would, if I had to bet, I would say there probably isn't something. So that's something that I would consider, you know, if I'm Alex Cora, I'm like, you know what? Michael Chavis tore it up in spring training. He's been waiting patiently in Worcester. So you know what? Let's send Franchi down. Let's get his mind right and bring Chavis up for a little bit. I actually like that idea. Yeah. I think that's actually a very solid idea. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but we're going to move on, though. I mean, the, the Red Sox, hopefully they can win three out of four in this Rangers series. That would be great. That would bring their record to 19 and 10. And 
Zach, before we kind of get into our last like big topic for the night, if the assuming the Red Sox win this game, they're up six to one right now in the top of the fourth inning. Assuming they win this game, they're going to be seventeen and ten going into May. Thoughts on the record? Does it indicate how well they've played? Should they be better? Could they be worse? Like, what are your overall impressions of this team, knowing that they're seventeen ten after the first month of the season? I mean, obviously, it's encouraging to be seventeen ten, um, and you have one of the best records in baseball. But again, it's a long season, and I'm not saying I don't have confidence in this team because I think they do have a good lineup and a rotation, or decent rotation at least. But we haven't played the Yankees yet. I know they're hit a little bit of a bump in the road right now, but hopefully they stay like that for a while now. But you haven't played like these powerhouse teams like the Dodgers or um, the Giants are somehow in good team right now in their division. Like these, these power, I'm not, like the Astros. Wait, no, they're struggling too. The Athletics, we put the Athletics coming up here. I think it's like in the middle of May or whatever. So it'd be a good test for them. But beating the Grom really made me feel better about this team because, okay, the Mets themselves aren't that good of a team on the field when it comes to the field. But they are – they have a good pitcher. They have the best pitcher in the world in the Grom probably. So, I get it. We got one run on him. But some of these guys don't get any runs on them. What's some of these teams like they play, they don't get anything. So I'm cautiously optimistic, I should say. Okay. Uh, um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's it's May's already tomorrow, which is crazy to think about. Um, but do I think every single time I watch this game or this team? They could be a playoff team. It's just a matter can they keep that division lead because right. our biggest threat is the Rays right now, and they have like a record just over 500 or at 500, I think, one of those two. So if the offense can keep it up, I like our chances. Again, it's the pitching, though. That's the biggest thing. And, and Right, and that's the thing, too. Like, And we're going to get into it. So the month of May is not favorable for the Boston Red Sox at all. The first two series are you have Detroit at home for three games. I'm going to say it right now. And I don't care how bad this looks. If you don't sweep, that's it's not that it's bad because it's hard to sweep a team, but you should sweep the Detroit Tigers. They're eight and 18 right now. Going to be eight and 19 after this game concludes on this Friday night. So you should sweep the Detroit Tigers. And honestly, you're going to Baltimore for four, at least split that series. If not, win three out of four. Take yeah. six or take six of those games, five or six out of seven of those games. Because after that, Zach, do you know what you want to know what their schedule is? Well, I know the athletics are in there somewhere. They're playing the athletics right after. They're home against Oakland for three. They're home against the Angels for three. And then they're at Toronto for three. So that's three tough tests right after you get two easy series. And in that span, now that I think, now I know we talked about this and I know we said like the Minnesota Chicago back-to-back series would be their first big test. I think this is their next big test. Nine games in a row, you have six of them at home. So if, if you could come out of that stretch six and three, that's successful. That's a successful homestand and you're proving, okay, you can take two out of three from these teams and you're able to beat teams that you need to beat in order to be considered really, really good. 
So yeah, no, I was I was gonna say like yeah, you should you should be able to beat the t- Tigers. No, no disrespect to them, but it should be a slam dunk sweep. But then again, it's not easy to sweep anyone in this league. Let's be honest. We we had uh, we have experienced that for Sam by against swept by the Orioles in the first series. So yes, you. If they lose to the Tigers, it's a disappointment. But if you lose more than three games combined in that series, or in those two series against the Tigers, and again, who was the other team again? I'm sorry. Orioles. The Orioles. That's Orioles. That's not good to look for you. I mean, I get no. you, you won the series, but you want to prove that we're no fluke. Right. I mean, like, like, like I said, if you, either way, if you win two out of three against Detroit and then three out of four against the, uh, the Orioles, I think it's easier if you sweep the Tigers and then you split against the Orioles. Yeah. Like that would be the easiest way because you're home against Detroit. Detroit doesn't really have any good pitching. You go on the road, you can pl- you know you can play well in Camden Yards. Yeah, you know you can do that. So, with that being said, you know that's going to be the Tigers and Orioles back to back. That's going to be like okay, can you take care of business against the teams that you need to take care of? And then it's like okay, you have a test coming in. Can you hold your own? and not flop and go back to a team that people were expecting to be maybe 500 or a little bit less. Mm. That's the thing too. Like we know we have good offense again, the pitching, we need to know if this is going to be consistent because Matt Barnes is out to a great start right now that who knows how he's going to be in a couple of weeks or whatever. Adovino's hopefully starting to get his rhythm back again. Who knows how he's going to be. Same thing for Garrett Richards. Same thing could be said for any of these guys really, because Hopefully, Eri keeps it up. He's going to look to go 5-0 and tomorrow, or depending on when this podcast comes out against the Rangers next time up. But, yeah, I mean, we know that the offense can't hit every single game. We learned that from this series for the first game against the Rangers. They, they're not going to hit every single game. And what well, you know, this, as we're recording right now, they just keep on hitting homers and homers and homers here. So, consistency – is the big thing. Can they keep it up? You need to beat the Detroit Tigers. If you lose one game, fine, whatever. But you cannot lose a series to the Detroit Tigers, who are getting the mouse by the Yankees right now. Um, and as for Orioles, yes, you should beat them, but they are a tough team. Like, I know they're like that bottom feeder team right again, but they're still tough to beat. <laughs> they have some solid players. I know – Everyone might laugh things like, yeah, it's Orioles, they're bad. But we learned it firsthand. They they smacked us around that first series, and they just split a series with the Yankees. So you never know what's going to happen. But, yes, I agree with you. You need to – so, wait, how many games? We have three against Detroit and seven three, th- four three against Three against Detroit, four against Baltimore. Correct. Okay, so hopefully they sweep the Tigers and – I think against Baltimore, you get one loss. Yeah. Go, so, like, like we said, five and two, six and one. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Seven and all would be incredible. But oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I Especially I with Oakland coming up. But yeah, you get the momentum. But that's where we're going to leave it. CouchGuysports.com. Check out everything again. Rate and subscribe. Make sure you're rating and subscribing on iTunes and pretty much anywhere else where you can find a podcast. Zach, it's kind of fun doing these two-man shows. We miss Jared, but it's 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 a nice, refreshing change of pace. Yeah, it's nice. It's, like, easier to handle. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so they, yeah, I get it. It's, it's pretty cool, actually, to be honest with you. It's a good time. Yeah. But for, Zach, for Zach Jesiero, I'm your host tonight, Al Nahigian. 
Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Go Red Sox.